Hey world, it's your girl Safia and I'm here for the first episode of 2988 which is my brand new podcast. It's been a brainchild um, for a while and I'm finally ready to share with you all. So uh, basically what 2988 is, it's a lifestyle brand that's going to talk about some of the joys and horrors that we go through um, as adults. I mean, there's a lot of things that they didn't prepare us for. And we're just going to talk about it. We're going to laugh about it. We might cry about it. uh, But we're definitely going to talk about it. So um, I have my first co-host here. And we are definitely just going to first toast to the fact that this is finally off the ground because I gave her my idea a very long time ago and I've just kind of been trying to get it developed. So we're here, we're recording. Um, I have my girl Natasha Ray, my best friend. So let's um, have a toast to the launch of 2988. Cheers. Cheers. Oh, that's good. You probably don't like it. It's a little, it's a little sour. What is that in there? Um, what are so we drinking? We are drinking my version of a mule. I don't drink vodka, so I don't like Moscow mules, but I made a mule with bourbon. So it's bullet bourbon, ginger beer, and lime juice with some ice. Yeah, and I'm a lightweight when it comes to this stuff. I mean, this is not that strong. It's not strong at all, actually. But, you know, sometimes if it's too strong, I just can't even. Okay, well, you know, maybe would you rather just take a shot? I mean, it's up to you, girlfriend. Uh, No, we'll say We can wait for that. We can say, yeah, yeah, yeah. (laughs) So, we know a lot about each other, Tasha, right? And the audience obviously may not know us personally, so... What I want us to do now is give our elevator pitches, and then we are going to play a little game of questions and kind of get a deeper dive into each other. Mm-hmm. Um, so start with your elevator pitch. Tell the people what they need to know about you, what they would want to know about you. Why are you so fabulous? Thank you. <laughs> um, hello, everyone. My name is Tasha Ray. I'm a millennial brown girl from New Jersey, and as Safia is too, I'm navigating this thing called adulthood successfully and unsuccessfully at times. I'm a Howard graduate, H-U, you know, yes, and I have a blog called speakitgirlfriend.com. I'm an association professional, and I am a future motivational speaker, I would say so myself. So um, that's pretty much me. Okay, cool. Well, my name is Safia. Um, A lot of my friends call me Juicy. I have like an alter ego Juicy Diva, um, but we've shortened her up to just Juicy. Uh, Juicy is from Laurel, Maryland, DMV. A lot of people don't think that Laurel is part of PG County, but it is. I live on the PG County side of Laurel. Um, I went to Howard University, obviously, where I met Tasha majored in communications um what else is very interesting about me i mean that's pretty much that's like my elevator pitch we'll get into more um things with our question game but i think that's about it for my elevator pitch 
that was a good one. Yeah, I mean, because I could talk about career, but that's a whole nother story. We, we could get into that later. So anyway, so let's start our questions. Um, so my first question for you, uh, Miss Natasha Ray. Uh, so you said you're from Jersey. You yes. went to Howard. Mm-hmm. Um, are you currently dating? Or are you single in a relationship? So I'm in a relationship. I have been in a relationship for um, a little over two years now. And it's amazing. I'm in love. All that good stuff. Isn't that cute? <laughs> <laughs> very, very cute. Okay. Uh, Where did you guys meet? So, we met at uh, one of my our mutual friends, uh, Nikki. I'm sure she's going to be on a future episode on this show. Um, but she had a little launch party, and he was there. He came up to me and started talking to me. And I like, you know, okay, hey, what's up or whatever. Mm-hmm. Didn't really think much of it. And then after the party was over, he was hitting my friend Nikki up saying like, you know, what's up with Tasha? I want to, you know, get to know her or whatever. And like months went by. And finally we reconnected again. And we've been on and popping ever since. Cool, cool, cool. And Safia does love my boyfriend. Yes. <laughs> I enjoy Brian. Um, I think that they're cute. Um, but I'm single. I'm so unapologetically single. Um, I don't even think that I'm really interested in dating right now. Like, I'm so focused on myself. Uh, I got out of a relationship about a year ago. And I really feel like the last year of my life, I've really been living for me and like just doing things for myself and things that make me happy even though though through it I've definitely gained a few pounds because I'm like living the treat yourself life and I need to stop honestly um so yeah so that's my relationship status um what else can we get to know about you um are you big into music do you have any top three artists or you know what are you listening to right now so right now I'm definitely listening to that 444 Jay-Z um love Jay-Z always love Jay-Z being from you know Jersey New York Philly area like everybody loves Jay-Z up there so definitely listen to him um SZA Control the Control album is bomb and Safia I know you can agree on this one because that's all you listen to (laughs) yes I love SZA I love her yes yes and then um new is uh that Cardi B now, oh, yeah. who knew that Cardi B was going to blow up from Love and Hip Hop, but her yeah, stuff is fire. Like, yeah. that's fire. Like, in the club, turn up. Like Even when you're having a bad day and you just need a pick-me-up, Yes, Bodak Yellow is definitely that pick-me-up. It definitely you're just is. just like, yes, 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 yes. And you're just like, yes, I'm going to go out and be great. I mean, there, there's probably more inspirational music, but, but in the like moment. But we like a little rap. Yeah, we like yeah, a little rap. Yeah. What about you? What music? I mean, clearly Control album. You're yeah, so I would say my top three right now, and it's hard to have a top three because literally the only thing I listen to right now is Control. Um, I just think that there's so much that she's talking about on that album mm-hmm. that I don't. I think people are missing it, and I listen to these songs and listen to the lyrics over and over again. And she's really like, 
beyond the surface, like a lot of people say like, oh, it's a side chick album and she's talking about all of this side chick stuff. And I'm like, no, she's actually talking about a lot more and a lot more relatable things. Um, you know, from these dudes out here not wanting to commit to anybody mm-hmm. and like the weekend the weekend I feel like even though it is like okay she's talking to somebody and like well your man is my man and it's her man too I feel like with guys out here in the dating world not wanting to commit to anything or anybody like that's what we're doing if you're dating and you don't have a serious commitment from somebody you're probably sharing him with someone else so that's what I mean Mm -hmm. in that she is talking about real things that are happening it's very real yeah so definitely SZA. Um, Kendrick, I still like when I need yeah. to switch out of my SZA mood, I go to Kendrick. Um, definitely enjoying Kendrick. And then just because I'm a stan, I'm just going to say Drake. Um, Drake has something out new? He don't have really nothing out new right now, but I'm a stan, so I'm always She is a ridiculous stan, let me tell you that. Like, yeah. Even, she's in a whole relationship with Drake. We we date. <laughs> <laughs> we do date, and I don't mind sharing him. Um, so, there's that. Um, so, yeah, top three right now. Um, so, what about TV? Like, what are you watching on TV? Uh, top three. I would say, what are your top three shows on TV? Like, in the age of on demand and DVR, you can definitely watch anything at any time. But what are if you had three shows that you wanted to catch in the moment, what three would they be? So, okay, a little bit more about me. I watch absolutely everything. Um, everything my- reality related. <laughs> everything reality related. I love reality TV. Like, who doesn't? Okay, but. I mean, I'm just saying, my friends think that my uh, TV choices are weird. Like, if they come over to my house, we're definitely watching some reality type stuff. But, um, well, okay. (laughs) All right, let let me tell you about the shows I'm watching now. Okay, so definitely Power. Power is on point. Power has been, you know, such a great show since it first started. Um, definitely watch that every week. And I'm tired of people on social media spoiling it. If I didn't watch it right when it come out, give me a few days. Give me 48 hours. Stop ruining the show. But, you know, that's neither here nor there. And then also we have Insecure about to come out. Um, Insecure is so bomb. That show, like, really speaks to us young women, what we're going through right now. I think Insecure is very real. Real shout out to Issa Rae yes. doing her thing on that show. Um, that's amazing. And then I would say the third thing is everything reality. So that would be what Love your third hop. show is everything <laughs> reality. No, you have to pick one. I I don't know if I could pick one. Like you have Love and Hip Hop, you have Atlanta, New York, Hollywood. You have um, Real Housewives of Potomac, Atlanta. You have Little Women. LA, Little you Women, You are literally Atlanta. the only person that I know that watches that Little Women that, show. That show is good. You have Basketball Wives. Um, I mean, the list can go on and on and on about all the reality TV show I watch. But Yes. <laughs> the list could go on and on and on, and we could spend the next hour talking about it. We but really we won't. <laughs> okay, cool. Well, my show's um, definitely Power. Like, I've already watched this week's episode, so I won't Don't give spoil any spoilers. Um, I also, like, Insecure. So, 
Insecure is my show. Like, the season finale of season one of Insecure was so emotionally pulling. Like, I cried. I cried because I was just like, what is all of this real ass shit that she's talking about on my TV screen right now? Like, we've all dealt with some sort of infidelity in a relationship whether we were the one that was cheating or the one that was cheated on so it's you know you have these discussions and naturally as a woman you want to side with the woman but I've never a lot been of a team cheater out here. Right. Like, I've never been a cheater so I don't I'm like Issa damn girl you really fucked up but at the same time like Lawrence wasn't all the way together. She had, like, you know, stuck it out with him that long while he was trying to get his shit together. And I know what it's like to, you know, be supporting a man emotionally, financially, however. So, like, I I don't even know what team I am. Like, I'm, I'm on team be happy and find love, even if it's not with each other. Um, so, that's number two. And then... My number three show, like, my number three show will probably be Girlfriend's Guide to Divorce. It's a show on Bravo that one of my girlfriends put me on. It is so hilarious. It's so hilarious. It's on Netflix, so if you have Netflix, go check it out. You will get hooked. It's 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 so funny. Like, I love that show. Um, I'm more so a scripted show person than a reality show person. What about This Is Us? Remember you was watching that? I love This Is Us. I, I love a lot of shows. Show. I love a lot of shows. This Is Us is also an, another very emotional show. Like, I like shows where you get to know the characters and you really start investing your emotions into the character. So, I do love This Is Us. That's probably also why I love Girlfriend's Guide to Divorce and Power and Insecure and I love the entire Chicago series. So Chicago Fire, Chicago PD, Chicago Med, Chicago Justice. Uh, you know, like I'm, to- uh, I'm torn on that one. I if they didn't renew it for a second season, I wouldn't be upset. But love and Hip Hop Chicago. I have never seen that in my life. Is that a show? <laughs> no. Oh, I'm like, well, I've never seen that. Um, my one ratchet reality show is Love and Hip Hop Atlanta. That cast is like a cast that I feel like I got emotionally invested into. And so I do still keep up with them. But all that other reality TV is just too much. Like, I got enough going on in my own life where I don't have time to be following up with these people. So... Those are my shows. Um, what else? Let's see. Uh, travel destinations. I'm a big traveler. I love traveling. Um, so what are some of your favorite travel destinations or maybe even dream travel destinations? Um, well, I really love Cabo and we've both been there. Yeah, so Cabo is a Cabo good time. is popping. Like that's so much fun. And everything's so cheap there when you get there. So um Cabo except for the time. water. The water is expensive. Well, drinking who's, water. Who's drinking water? I am. <laughs> I ain't trying to die. <laughs> oh, that was probably my problem because oh, by the yeah. end of the trip, I was sick. Yeah. But um, yeah, Cabo is a great time. Um, I would say for my dream destination, and I'm probably weird about this, and you'll probably think I'm crazy. I want to go to Thailand because I have an obsession with tsunamis. Um, you want to go to Thailand for the tsunamis? Well, I don't want to be in one. 
per se, but I've watched plenty of documentaries on like this big tsunami in Thailand, and it's like very fascinating or whatever. So I want to kind of go there to exp- no, I want to go to Thailand for like many other reasons, but. Like, I'm really into documentaries, especially, like, natural disasters. So that really intrigued me, the whole tsunami thing. And I kind of, I mean, I won't say I know exactly what to do when the tsunami hits, but I'm pretty informed about what (laughs) not to do. So From your documentaries? Yeah. Okay. So Thailand. I think Thailand, from pictures that I've seen, is beautiful. Um, I would probably say that I would go to Thailand for the food, not for the tsunamis, but that's just me. Yeah, and it's very cheap there, too, when you get there. Yeah, so I hear. Um, I definitely would go to um, Thailand. Any other dream destinations? Um, I would say definitely, like, uh, Tahiti or Bora Bora, like, those islands in the French Polynesian. Like, that, like, to be on, like, a... Those bungalows, those, mm-hmm. yo, that looks bomb. That looks so dope. Yeah, um, I definitely want to get there. I heard it's very expensive to get there, but it looks like an amazing trip. A perfect destination to go. Oh, and I want to go to Bahamas where you can swim with the pigs. Mm, interesting. Yeah, you can swim with pigs in Bahamas. And I heard the, uh, the pigs are dying off because people keep feeding them like human food or whatever. Mm, so we got to get there soon. We got to get there soon before they're gone. But I definitely want to go to... <laughs> Um, the pig island in Bahamas. Like, Google that, y'all. Look that up. It looks so dope. I've been to the Bahamas, never swam with the pigs, though. I didn't even know that was a thing. So, okay. And it's not that expensive to get to the Bahamas either. So, that's definitely something that we can do. Um, So, my favorite destination that I've been to, I did enjoy Cabo, but... I really, really, really enjoyed the Grand Cayman Island. Nice. Um, I went there on a cruise, so we were only there for the day, but the beach was so beautiful. So, like, I come from Caribbean blood. I don't think that North American beaches are anything. Like, I'm not impressed by them. I need Caribbean beaches, like, where I have white sand, blue water, and that was the best beach that I had ever been to in my entire life. Um, you could see the fish just swimming by you, even though it's kind of freaky because, like, they do bump into your legs. And, like, I'm, like, Ooh. very squeamish when it comes to stuff like that. So I was doing a lot of running in and out of the water. But the the water was beautiful. It was just beautiful. And then there's this Trini spot um, in the Grand Cayman Islands, and they have um, food, Trini food. So we went there, and the food was amazing. Oh, my God. I just... A, a dream vacation for me is somewhere where I can relax with the beach, mm-hmm. with good food, and alcohol. So, yes. it that was that for me. Um, so, I really enjoyed that destination. Dream destinations, I would say... Hmm. I... So, I do want to go... I've done a lot of traveling... In this continent. So I want to visit like South America, Africa, Asia, Europe. Like I want to get outside of this continent mm-hmm. um, and outside of the Caribbean because like that's nothing to me. Um, so I don't know. Like if I had to pick one, um, 
I've been seeing a lot of pictures of people traveling to Spain, and that seems really, really nice. Um, between their beaches and their wine and just the views. And I also like warm weather, so I think that I would enjoy that. Um, South Africa is definitely somewhere that I would like to visit. Um, Hawaii. Mm, nice Hawaii. I would want to go to Hawaii. I mean, it's still in the United States, but I feel like it's not somewhere where people travel to a lot because it can be expensive to get there. So right, right. I would definitely go to Hawaii. Um, well, you know what? Let's talk about some domestic locations because it's not about all international. It's definitely a lot of places you can visit in this, you know, in the U.S. Right. Um, one of my favorite places, and I'm, you know, I'm weird again, um, is Portland. I love Portland. Portland yeah. was just like... Didn't it rain a lot when you were there? And you know what? I didn't mind that. I love the gloominess mm-hmm. of it. No. Like, it was just... Really, like, I don't know. I'm just weird like that. It's very yeah, gloomy. that is weird. It's not like a, you know, like a beach location. It's not, right. and, and, and granted, I didn't even really do much when I was there. But I just love the atmosphere of Portland. It was really nice. But you know where I want to go? Where? Houston. Well, aren't you going to Houston? I am, but I've been wanting to go to Houston for a while. Like, I've heard Houston got the best strip clubs. Yeah, Drake loves Houston. Yeah. He just had a Houston appreciation week or something and he like retired three jerseys for three strippers like lyra galore um malaya Mm -hmm. yeah Mm -hmm. and then it was one other one so yeah drake loves houston so if drake love it then i will probably love it too speaking of drake we will be going to toronto next month oh yes i'm so excited for that trip first of all i love toronto so the first time i went to toronto was for ovo fest obviously um, and it was the OVO Fest where the whole Drake Meek Mills beef was happening. Oh, that was a good one. That was, oh, oh my God. Like, it was so good. It was so, like, I could go on and on, but yeah, it was good. Toronto's beautiful. Um, Toronto has beaches. Um, it's very close to Niagara Falls. So when I went, we did stop at some of the wineries. Um, yeah, Toronto's beautiful. We're going to have a good time when we go back. Yes, girls um, trip. Yeah. Hey Nikki. Um, and then we where else? So where else in the US? So this year we actually went to Breckenridge. Breckenridge, oh, Colorado. Yes. And that was an experience while I was on the planning committee for the trip, the leading up to the trip, so when we picked the destination, obviously it was like we were gonna go in for MLK weekend and it was cold, going to be cold here because that's January. So I'm like, we need to escape somewhere where we could get some heat. Mm-hmm. Well, <laughs> I was, uh, I lost in the vote. And we ended up in Breckenridge, Colorado. And for those of you that don't know what Breckenridge is, it's a ski resort town in Colorado. It's about an hour, hour and a half outside of Denver. Um and there's a lot of snow. So a lot of snow. I was not thrilled about the idea, even through the planning stages of it. But as the event professional that I am, I just went with it and planned it 
And honestly, it was one of the greatest group trips that I have been on in a very long time. Shout out to AK Psy, though. Yeah. So, okay, that's another thing about us, another level to our friendship. Uh, while we were at Howard, we chartered a chapter of Alpha Kappa Psi Professional Business Fraternity, Psi Tau Chapter, and we are still very close to a lot of the members that we founded the chapter with and those some of those people I would consider family like yes definitely I couldn't imagine my life without them now so that's who that trip was with and um we had fun we argued obviously because you argue with family wait can you talk about how this house in Breckenridge was so bomb yeah it was (laughs) it was it was yeah so I was I was okay with going to Breckenridge once I saw the house that we were going to be staying in because I'm like, if I don't have to go out into the snow, then it's fine. But like we had a hot tub. So I was out in the snow in the hot tub. I don't know if you guys have ever done something like that, but it was kind of cool to be in a hot tub in the snow. Um, But then we also like the, the floors were heated in the house. Uh, The goddamn TV came out of a statue looking thing <laughs> in the middle of the living room the view was amazing perfect it was yeah it was a very good trip um so yeah we had a we had a really good time there um i think that if you guys are trying to find a cold destination getaway definitely go to breckenridge um we did dog sledding while we were there oh yes the dogs were beautiful um so we had a good time with that um and that's about it i mean with breckenridge um any other domestic locations even though i mean toronto's not domestic but right we still talked about it um well i do want to go to new orleans I yeah i've never new orleans been there is bomb. um we definitely got to get down our list uh this year we did go to dallas dallas was fun i was actually telling somebody about dallas the other day that night when we went to the karaoke and we yeah. did karaoke mm-hmm. And then it was over, and it was still, like, hella early, like... It was. And I don't know if that's because, like, we live in this, in the DMV area, because, but I even think that compared to other major cities, D.C. shuts down pretty early. Um, Right. So, even being in Dallas, and the bar was closing at, like, 11, 12, we were just like, I'm sorry, what? So, we had to find the next move, and me being, me, Juicy, (laughs) I'm like... Girl, you can't come to a city and not experience their strip club. Let's go to the strip club. Yeah. <laughs> so we went to this strip club. The drinks were strong AF. Strong AF. Like, we were already drunk by the time we got there. Right. And we had more drinks there. We didn't need them, though. We not at all. <laughs> um, but, yeah, that strip club experience, um, I don't know if I would say that a Dallas strip club is like, uh, they can't take everything off. Yeah. They can't take everything yeah, off. Yeah, so it wasn't... I mean, the little Maryland strip clubs, they get pretty... They get very naked, and so it, you you get what you go for. But, I mean, it was okay. They were okay. Maybe we caught them on a slow night. Um, but we had a good, a good time in Dallas. Yeah. Um, okay. Well, any other questions you have that we want the people to know about us what's your favorite kind of liquor um so right now uh seems like me and all my friends are on whiskey 
we love us some whiskey, like whiskey. Whiskey is so bomb, you know, and we went through our transitions from, you know, when we started drinking in college to now. We did a little vodka, we did some rum. Yeah. Uh, Do you remember Dragonberry? Yeah. <laughs> that used to be my yeah. shit. Like, you know, if you like was crazy. going out with me on a night, I was going to have a bottle of that Bacardi, that Bacardi Dragonberry. Dragonberry girl. Yeah. <laughs> they still sell that? I don't know, but that was <laughs> definitely a phase. That was definitely a phase. We used to do Nouveau. Yeah, the Nouveau and mix it with the, um, the vodka. vodka. Oh, my oh, God. That we was, like, so- one of the worst nights of my life. <laughs> <laughs> that was one of the worst nights of my life. We still uh, we still do tequila, though. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Tequila. I don't do white liquor, but I will do tequila and I will do dark liquor. But right. any other white liquor is, like, no. Even wine is getting to the point where it's, like, I know I'm going to wake up with a headache in the morning. Yeah. So, I try to stay away from it at all costs but sometimes i catch myself like trying to end my night with wine and that just leads to very long mornings and i mean of course i love uh cognac so you know Mm -hmm. hennessy i mean anything's possible (laughs) (laughs) yes yes anything is remember we used to to take shots to that like before we used to go out to the club take shots to henny yeah um shout out to nate though (laughs) right nate definitely i will say that so I have a best friend. His name is Nathaniel Sly, and he. I learned how to drink with Nate, and when so that's when people like people try to challenge me to drinking. Now I'm like, you really don't want this because I learned how to drink from a man that loves to drink. So, like, uh, you you gonna be in for it, um, and I'm gonna keep up with you. I mean, ain't no telling what my morning's gonna be like, but. <laughs> Throughout the night, I'm good. Um, so, yeah, shout out to Nate yeah. uh, putting me onto the dark liquor life. Um, okay. So, I mean, I think that that's a good little synopsis of us. Um, I mean, throughout the podcast and the different episodes, you'll get to know us a little bit better. Um, Tasha will definitely be back as a co host from time to time. Um, so right now we're going to get into some like hot topics that have been happening over the last few weeks. Um, so I want to start off with the what the health on Netflix. Um, everybody was talking about what the health. Like people were saying that they were going to change their eating habits and they're going to be vegan. Like I feel like that's a very strong change. Like to go from eating meat to going vegan like that's extreme um so i have not watched what the health because i am not at the place where i think that i'm ready to make a dramatic lifestyle change to my eating not even my eating habits but just what i'm eating like i don't think that i'm ready to be on a solely plant-based diet but from what i'm hearing what the health made people want to go to a plant-based diet. Did you watch it? Yeah, so I did watch What the Health, and it was very eye-opening. Um, and, of course, you know, after you watch it, you know, you're, you're going to see all the things that's bad about eating animal protein-based foods or whatever. But the thing that really got me was how these, like, major corporations, like the American Diabetes Association, the American Cancer Association, like, all these big top associations 
are basically endorsing you know the meat industry the milk industry and all these industries just because they're paying them money and a lot of times these type of foods leads to cancer these type of foods leads to diabetes mm-hmm. um and just by me watching i'm not i mean i'm definitely gonna be more conscious about what i eat i'm not gonna say i'm not gonna eat meat at all no i'm gonna be realistic but like the thing that grosses me out the most is the the milk part and what do they say about milk? I mean, like, you know, I've never been a milk drinker. Like, as all most, almost most black people are lactose intolerant because we're mm. not supposed to be drinking that shit. But <laughs> it's just like milk is like, like mucus. Like, it's just, it's just disgusting. And actually just seeing other people drink it now kind of makes me want to throw up how d- disturbed I am by it. So just milk or all dairy products? Do you feel that way about um, I mean, I'm not really a big dairy eater. Of course, I mean, I like to eat pizza here and there mm-hmm. or whatever. So I don't think I would... I mean, I don't even really eat pizza that much because it just don't agree with my stomach. So I don't really eat it like that. But um, I, I just like the, the the milk part. And like how they said, you know, you um, back in the day, the milk industry said that drinking milk will make your bones strong. Right. But it's actually contrary to that based on the documentary that... It causes osteoporosis and all these bone diseases and crap like that. Um, but mm. it was very... I mean, I would say watch it. I don't think it's going to make you change how you eat or whatever. It's just going to open your eyes to some stuff. Mm-hmm. But I just think you'll be more conscious in making decisions at the grocery store. That's all. Yeah, I'm, and maybe I do need to watch it because, like I said, last year I've been like living a treat, your life, treat yourself lifestyle. And... I'm actually making some strides to change that starting this week. Um, So, yeah, maybe I should watch it. And I do want to scale back from the amount of meat that I eat. I think that the hardest thing about going vegan to me would be the dairy side of it. Like, I love sour cream. So and I love Chipotle. So like when I go to Chipotle, I get extra sour cream, and that's the one thing that I think about. Like when I'm, if I don't do dairy anymore, I couldn't eat sour cream. But I also like cheese. But I stay away from cheese because cheese does like hurt my stomach, yeah. and I know that I'm gonna have like a very interesting time the next for the next couple of days as yeah. I try to purge it from my system. But I still eat it. Like yesterday, I made some mac and cheese. For our little family get together, and I ate it. But you're so. not going to drink a glass of milk, though. No, 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 no. So when I do eat cereal, I use soy milk uh, only because I'm allergic to tree nuts. So I can't do like an almond milk or a cashew milk. Um, I don't necessarily love coconut milk. Um, I can do coconut milk, but I don't love it. So soy milk, I'll do here and there, but I don't really eat cereal like that. So, yeah. So you suggest that everybody should should watch what the health? Yeah, just watch it. Get yourself informed. Uh, it doesn't hurt. Like you're not gonna you're gonna see some things you probably don't want to see, but just watch it. Just get informed. That's all. Okay, cool. So if you guys have watched what the health, um, let us know your thoughts. Um, send us a message on Facebook or. Send us an email. I'll have the email address at the end of the show. But just send us our, your thoughts. Let me know, did it change your eating habits? Are you now vegan? And if so, like, how's your vegan lifestyle going? 
so the next thing I wanted to talk about, and even though like I told you I wasn't going to talk about any of these foolish celebrity situations that have happened over the last couple weeks, we could touch on Usher. Um, let it burn. Let it literally let it burn. Um, so tell me what's going on with this Usher situation. So basically. Um, some court documents came out recently that Usher gave a woman like $1.1 million um, because he gave her herpes. Now, this woman um, is allegedly the bridesmaid of his ex-wife, Tamika Foster. So, I mean, this was wrong. Like, why are you fucking your uh, ex-wife's bridesmaid? Like, so that was Wait, so when wrong. did they have... Did, does, do these documents say, like, when they had sex? Was it... Before him and Tamika got together, like, during the whole wedding situation, after the wedding, like, when did they have sex? I'm not totally sure on that, but Mm -hmm. another thing that came out was that this woman said that there was some type of green discharge coming from Usher's penis. But why did she have sex with him? And unprotected at that. You would think, right? Like, (laughs) why would you even do it? Um, And I'm like, you know... and. I think Usher went and got tested originally, and it came back that he was fine, but clearly, then she started getting symptoms, like, um, I guess the symptoms had come with herpes, and then she went and got tested, and she had herpes, and then Usher had herpes, and he paid her $1.1 million. So, what was the $1.1 for? To keep her quiet? Yeah. Okay. To keep her quiet or whatever, but clearly, um, this came out. Yeah, it came out. Um, and there hasn't been any word from Usher yet on this. Okay. I mean, I don't think he necessarily has to address it. Um, but, damn. First of all, can we need to talk about sex. I mean, we're going to have a lot of shows where we talk about sex. But if you fucking somebody and they got fucking green discharge coming out they dick. It's probably a no. Like, even with the condom. like It's definitely a no. Pre-cum is not green. Let's be clear. And if you fucking with somebody and they got green discharge, like, girl, no. It's never that deep. Masturbate. Not even for Usher. Like, no. Not even for Usher. <laughs> but I am a masturbation advocate. Masturbation comes with no STDs. It comes with no headaches, no people hitting your phone, talking craziness afterwards. So, ladies, masturbate if you need to, but definitely don't be out here having sex with dudes with green shit coming up they dick. That's not cool. Now, do you think $1.1 million is enough? I mean, if it was just to keep her quiet... It pro- I'm got like, for life now. But I think the 1.1 definitely probably changed her living situation. It's like she could she could have lived with the herpes for the rest of her life and had no money and gone to the press a long time ago or sat on this 1.1 million and then it just came out but now she has this million her her lifestyle has changed. I don't by no means am I saying, yes, have sex with somebody that has herpes so they can pay you <laughs> no, out $1.1 no. $1. 1 Like, let's be clear. I'm not saying that. Um, 
But I guess it was a cool gesture of for him to give her this money, but damn, she shouldn't have never did it in the first place, especially if he had some some stuff coming out. Like I'm stuck on that. I didn't know that. That's crazy. Yeah, that's pretty disgusting. I mean, but what what type of things can you be paid out for? Like yesterday we were kind of talking about this at our little family get together and somebody mentioned that a basketball player had paid some chick and it's not not like a celebrity basketball player that we all know. Some D-list basketball player uh, paid some chick one million dollars to have an abortion and not say anything about it. Do you think like is that sufficient? Would would you be able to have an abortion for a million dollars? Um, I can see why I mean, okay, with a D-list celebrity, yeah, you probably would take that million dollars. Um, but you know, a lot of people, you know, have this mindset of, you know, trapping dudes. So let me have this baby and I at least got you for the next 18 years. But with a D-list celebrity, I don't know how much you really going to get. Right. Right. So, you know. I mean, but I also think that even with a D-list celebrity, I don't know if $1 million would be enough for me because when I get that money, I'm then saying like, okay, I'm not going to say anything to anybody about this. And that kind of... I feel like that would hinder your way of healing from the process of an abortion, not being able to talk about it. So it's like you're now living with the fact that you've had an abortion and you can't speak about it. You can't go and talk to people and tell them what you learned from it, what mistakes you wouldn't want to make, which I feel like are all parts and processes to healing from having an abortion. So I'm not sure that I would be able to take a million. I mean, a million would definitely change my life. Let me tell you that right now. So I'm not going to act like it's not going to change my life. But at what, like, what, what is the price of your peace of mind? I guess is more so what I'm saying. Like, I'm not saying that she should have kept the baby to get more money out of him. What I'm thinking about is the peace of mind aspect of it. Um, I don't want anybody to have to pay me off. To not say anything about anything if it's going to affect my mind state. Like, you know, because, you know, I'm big into mental health and, you know, I feel like it's very important to have a sound mind. Black people need to go to therapy. Again, another topic for another day. But I just think it's important to have your peace of mind. So I'm not sure at what, what price. I'm not sure what my price is to keep my mouth shut. Yeah, I, I can't really say either. And I, I mean, if you all feel some type of way, please definitely weigh in because this was big discussion yesterday. Yeah, it got um, heated. Yeah. It got real heated. Okay, and so then the last thing that I have is a article that Blavity, right? That's the way I'm, I'm saying that. Shout out to Blavity.com. Yes, Blavity. Um, they posted an article um, that really had me thinking, and I actually posted it on our Facebook page. Um, It says, Deloitte's white men felt left out of company diversity groups, so they are being changed to include them. Uh, Deloitte says its new inclusion panels 
which will include white men, will be better for diversity than the old system. What? Yes. So, in a nutshell, um, you know, just from working for for an organization, there are um, diversity groups, you know, the blacks, the LGBTQ, did I get all of them? Mm -hmm. Um, Women in the workplace. Uh, young young professionals so those are all different things but there was nothing catered towards white men and apparently being at the top of the totem pole in the workforce isn't enough for them Um, they also want to be included in these groups so basically they are refashioning them um, into what they are calling quote unquote inclusion panels um, having white men in the panels will help, and they say, because you get more allies, advocates, and sponsors. Um, a lot of our leaders are still older white men, and they need to be a part of the conversation and advocate for women. But they are not going to do as much if they don't hear the stories and understand what that means. Thoughts? I mean, because I got a lot. Well, I I think that's a little ridiculous because I just don't feel like white men can relate to the struggles that different groups go through, women or um, African-Americans, Hispanics, whatever the case might be. I don't think they, they, like, they get opportunities that other groups don't get. So the, the reason why we're even having this group is so we can come together and find ways of how we can you know, find more opportunities for our groups. How can these white men come in and be like, hey, the opportunities are out there, just go get them. Like, no, it doesn't work that way. And I just feel like, why, why do they need to be included? Like, why can't we have our own thing going on? Like, they're already at the top anyway. And, you know, if we do come to you with these type of things, like, I want to see the proof that this situation will work. Like, I want to see yeah. how this will play out because, I mean, even, you know, I've had my own personal experience of starting a young professionals group at my workplace, and it was some issues about people not feeling included. Why is this just for young professionals? But, like, you, you're, you're free to create your own group. Just create your own group. Yeah. If you want to have your own group, just do that. But we need something where we all can, like, kind of relate to each other and figure out a way to navigate this, you know, career structure. But I just don't... I just don't think they need to be included. I really don't. I mean, I think that the diversity groups are what I would refer to as safe spaces for people that aren't the older white men, the older straight white men in the workforce. So in these safe spaces, I feel like... People of a you know certain background or something that they can find common ground on come together. They talk, and from there, ideas are formed, and maybe you know things are birthed, and then you take it to the next level by including those higher ups. But right. I don't think that first of all, changing it to a inclusion panel is a great idea. Um, I think that if the white men want to come into these diversity groups and hear what these people have to say, show up to a meeting. Right. If you really care, show up to a meeting. You, We don't need to change the whole system for you because the system has already been made 
for you to succeed. Mm-hmm. If you really want to help these other groups of people, show up to their meetings, hear what they have to say, show up to their safe spaces, and listen to what they have to say without being defensive. And without, you know, I don't enjoy when people are listening to what you have to say and they aren't really listening because they're already thinking of what they're going to say back to you. Right. So really just come into the safe space, listen to what these people have to say, and walk out and digest it and then maybe come up with a solution. I'm not saying that everything that's thrown out in these meetings is going to be something that changes within the community culture. I'm sorry, the company culture, but no, we we need to stop. Like, why do these older white men always get to feel comfortable? When when do they live in a space that isn't comfortable for them? Like, even even not even just white versus black or, you know, old versus young, but I'm sure that there are white, older white men that run these companies that cannot relate to the millennial mm-hmm. white girl from Oregon that just moved to Washington, D.C. Like, they just can't relate to that. And so maybe there's a group where she feels comfortable expressing what she, what, what she would like to see in her workplace. But I don't think that we have to continue to change these systems for somebody that the system is already made for. Right. And that's just my thoughts on it. I think that it's very ridiculous um, to even change that. But Deloitte seems to think that this is going to be a good thing for them. And we have we have a friend that works there, so maybe we'll follow yeah, up with her we'll and see how it, how it works out for see them. How it, uh plays out but i do have a shameless plug that i want to put in um since you're on blabbity.com check out my article embrace your greatness five tips for young professionals breaking in the workforce so be sure to check that out and let me know your thoughts yeah definitely go check that out she's published y'all hey And I feel like that is a great segue, actually, into the main thing that we want to talk about today, which is that word, millennials. Oh, that word. So when Tasha um, introduced herself, she did mention that she was a millennial. Like, Tasha, very she embraces the word a lot. I, however, do not think that it's a word that describes Safia. Um, it's never a word that I would, you know... I think that I am starting to embrace it a little bit more, but it's n- it's not a word that I would have, let's say, two or three years ago said, oh, yeah, I'm a millennial, just because of the negative connotations that I feel like come with that word. And intru- the way that I was introduced to millennial was in my um, last workplace, and it was not in a positive manner. Um, so just to give some background... Millennial, that defines people, and like there are a lot of different articles that say a lot of different things as far as millennials. But millennials, also known as Generation Y, are usually from the early 80s as a starting year to the mid 1990s. So I would say. 82, I think I read somewhere where it said 82 to um, 
97 maybe 81 to 1997 um that's what buzzfeed uses the manpower group uses 1982 to 1996 so generally somewhere early 20s at this point early 20s to mid 30s um is where a millennial will fall in and um some of the negative connotations that i've had with millennials and stereotypes which is why i don't like the word um and i would probably unless i was speaking to another millennial never use it to describe myself um they think we're entitled Mm -hmm. they think that um we don't work hard like we expect things to just be handed to us lazy we're lazy um we like pumpkin spice lattes (laughs) And um, boutique gym classes, um, avocado toast. I've never had avocado toast in my life, so there's that. Um, but I also think that I was introduced to the word millennial in a very white space, and a lot of my friends that were introduced to it in a more black space have a different connotation of the word. Yeah, I mean, to me, millennials means innovative, creative, risk taker, um, hustler, go getter. Like, that's what I think about when I think of millennials. And I just think that um, other generations look at us differently because, I mean, don't get me wrong, as millennials, we, ha- we had access to so many more things that previous generations didn't have access to, whether it was, you know, social media, um, the internet just booming, um, just more opportunities. Um, According to the Pew Research Center, we're the most educated generation as far as finishing college. So we just have more opportunities given to us. And then also how millennials were raised, like, you know, your parents you know, probably told you, you can do anything. Like, the world is yours. Go out and get it. Um, and other generations, it might not have been, you know, so clear. So I just see millennials being very positive. And I, I do get the misconceptions that Safia mentioned that comes with it. But I don't really let that define me. I mean, I think that we also experienced the what we thought was not possible like we experienced it with the election of barack obama so those lessons and those teachings of you can do whatever you want to do if you put your mind to it and we were the reason millennials like our age group we were the reason why he he won the election so i think that is very important like we're taking over um i'm sorry but like the workplace is going to be full of millennials and as somebody, as a millennial who has managed millennials, um, I can see where the negative connotations come from. Granted, the space that I was managing in was a very toxic, I'm willing to say, toxic environment. So the team that I was managing wasn't necessarily the most engaged or bought in. And at the point that the company was at, they weren't really interested in engaging them or buying them into anything that was really going on so my hands were kind of tied but still as a professional um I expected that they would still show up and do what they needed to do as professionals like not even as a millennial but just as a professional and sometimes it happened and sometimes it didn't I definitely got to the point where 
it was frustrating um, because I can understand like how you would kind of give up on a company that you don't feel has your best interest or, you know, isn't in three to five months, you're not going to be there anymore. But I was also raised um, to be a professional. Um, My father was a small business owner, so I understand what it goes into what goes into starting and maintaining a business um and even though it wasn't we weren't working for our businesses at the end of the day that's still your professional brand and i think it's very important that millennials realize that just being quirky and you know happy to help and whatever cute little terms we put at the end of our emails it's more to that than being a professional in the workplace. So that's why at times I don't embrace the word millennial. Um, but I'm learning to um, by dealing with other people that do consider themselves millennials and are happy to embrace the term millennial. Um, there's a lot of, of very popping millennial influencers out here, especially in the DMV. Yeah. Um, they'll be on the show talking about what they're what they're contributing um so I'm very excited for that but this is also like a journey for me to just embrace this word and then just embrace where I am in the millennial space because like we were in such a rush to become an adult you know what I'm saying and we're now we're here and eh, at times it's not everything we expected it to be and just because we have the advancements of technology and apps and different things like that, we are more inclined to come up with a solution or a workaround than I would say our parents or even our grandparents were. Um, and a lot of times that solution or workaround is going to include technology. Um, and I think that that's why... I don't think that the older generations really understand technology the way that we do, and they don't see the benefits in it in the way that we do. Well, um, I do want to jump in here because as a millennial, um, yeah, millennials are all these great things, but you really have to dig deep to bring out that greatness. And I can just share from my personal experience. Um, When I first started um, my job, I was very, I was that disengaged millennial. Mm -hmm. Um, I was bored at work. I just didn't feel like I was being challenged enough. Um, And I mean, I had several conversations with my boss saying like, what's going on with you? You seem like you don't want to be here. And really, honestly, I probably did not want to be there at the time. But, you know, I realized, you know, I have to do something different if I really want to, you know, be great and really show that millennials are not this lazy group of people that are not about anything. And as millennials, in any type of workplace we're at, we want to make impact. And sometimes it's not clear on how you can make impact, but that's why you really have to dig deep to pull that out. So, um, you know, at my job, I really started applying myself and figuring out, like, how can I be a valuable asset? How can I stand out? And just by doing all of that, um, I started to find ways around my company that I can, you know, bring value, how I can, you know, bring innovation, be different. And I mean, within like the past two years, things have just changed dramatically. I think I'm kind of having people 
um, rethink of what these misconceptions about millennials are because I'm showing that look we're go-getters we're hustlers like if it's no, you know, if it's no way to get around things, I'm going to find a way. I'm going to pull out challenges. I'm going to, and oh, and then speak up. Like, speak up about how you feel. Don't be scared because you're a millennial. Just just speak up. Your voice is important. And like Safia said about the technology thing, millennials are here to, you know, help organizations build their digital reputation. Like, we can we can do that, but you have to make sure you're putting yourself out there that you're valuable, like, that they can use you, like, show your skills. Don't sit around work bored because it's, like, nothing to do. Really dig deep and pull out, how can I make the situation better? How can I sit here and think of new ideas nobody's thinking about? Just, like, kind of show your worth doing those things. Yeah, and I think that in those bored or unchallenged spaces millennials actually come up with the greatest ideas yes so for example 2988 is a passion project for me um it definitely came out of a place of being bored and not engaged um i started thinking about it so just some background um currently i am not in the workforce because my company was acquired by our competition and then they basically shut down the DC office and laid off all the employees. So throughout that transition, I was just like, you know, I can't be down. I can't. And and that's one thing that they say that millennials aren't is loyal to their workplaces. Um, you know, usually after a year or two millennials are looking for the next step. Mm-hmm. and But for me and all of my work experience, I've actually been that really loyal employee. And I've been there, you know, moved up through the ranks of the company. And so at being that loyal employee kept me there until basically the last day. And throughout, because of that loyalty, I'm in the position that I am in now. But I don't regret it for, at, like, for anything because... I was able to really think about like, what do I want? I'm going to have some free time. What do I want to spend doing with this free time? And that's how 2988 was born. And it was a very slow creative process for me, but I just wanted to make sure that it was exactly what I wanted it to be when I shared it with the world. Um, So get bored. I'm not opposed to people getting bored, but don't stay bored. Like you have to find what what is very important to you Mm -hmm. um and not even just in the workplace like what are you passionate about outside of work what do you I think that another thing they say about millennials like we like to make impact we want to feel connected to our work so what do you feel connected to passion project right and how can you bring that into not just your workspace but like your everyday life um and for example for me that most recently has been um Together She Can, the feminine care donation drive that I did. Uh, I saw a video that talked about how basically homeless women, and this is not even something that I even thought about before this video, but homeless women have a hard time when they're on their cycle. Um, And, you know, sometimes they have to choose between the money that they've raised for the day going towards a pack of pads or a meal for the day. And... Being on your period as a woman 
is miserable. Like, I'm miserable. Yeah. So, <laughs> I can only imagine what is... Actually, I can't imagine what it's like to be homeless, thinking about where you're going to eat next, where you're going to sleep next, and then not bleeding through your, your jeans. Like, so that was something that was very um, close to my heart. And what I decided to do um, with the help of one of my friends is start a donation drive. And um, we collected things and donated to a nonprofit. So that was very special to me. Um, also, after my breakup, I had so much time on my hands that I was ready to just give back. So I became a mentor. Um, most recently, uh, Tasha and I, are, we're mentors for Planned Parenthood. And we love, like those girls, they, they are teaching me things that are going on in the DMV that I'm just like, I had no idea. And it helps because I have a younger sister. So working with them also helps me work with her and, you know, help raise her. So I think that it's okay to get bored sometimes, but it's not okay to stay bored. You have to find out what you're passionate about, what is actually going to keep you engaged and come up with a very like a, a very well thought out presentation and if it's at work presented to those people that are going to be those decision makers if it's just something that you have to present to yourself or maybe even your friend group because you're going to need support from them package it really nice let them know that you're really serious about it um because we have a lot of ideas as millennials like we ideas by left and right but in order to let somebody know that you're really passionate about something you have to present it to them and let them know like what's the benefit just overall like what's in it for them you definitely have to sometimes cater things and let people know like this is not only going to be good for me but it's going to be good for you because of x y and z um so yeah sometimes you just gotta you know make your case um and then like you know in my experience I found that I'm very passionate about this culture work, this, uh, you know, workplace, especially like different generations and stuff. So it was, you know, my goal to do my research to really have, you know, some substance behind what I was saying um, and then presenting this around my workplace, um, starting a young professional society at work. Um, next month, I'm going to be presenting at a conference just talking about this very thing about millennials. And I think this just made me so much more passionate about work because they kind of see, like, wow, she's really into this. And it kind of is transitioning into um, I work for member organizations, and the members that we serve, which are nurses, um, kind of figuring out, well, how can we you know, bridge this gap, this generational gap between nurses in the workplace. Now, I'm not a nurse. I don't know anything about working as a nurse in the workplace, but I do know a lot about bridging the gap generationally. So you just got to find what you're passionate about and see how that can, you know, relate to what you're doing in the workplace. And I mean, millennials are the fastest growing a generational group that are becoming entrepreneurs. So we're really out here doing great things. Mm-hmm. Um, so, you know, shine through. Let your greatness show. Like, really, you know, make a name for millennials so we can go against all these misconceptions of us being entitled lazy. But we actually are doers. Like, we get stuff done. So, so question for you. I know you, you wrote an article. Um, what would you say or how can millennials 
what can millennials do to help change the perception of us in the workplace um even us as it comes to to dating and parenting like i saw an article about oh millennials are becoming parents now what does that mean like so what do you think millennials can do i mean i think your article was specifically in the workplace but what can we do to change the perception of us and how can we be heard um i think we can be heard by just you know kind of like just leading by example and um i'll just share like one um instance in the workplace because i mean I, i deal with that every day i don't have kids or anything like that but um, I just noticed, like, when I started going to more meetings, and I would go to meetings all the time, like, my job is very meeting heavy. I would kind of just sit there and take it all in, but I wasn't really, like, an active participant. And I'm like, well, people are not taking me seriously. Mm-hmm. If I'm not sitting here, you know, giving my feedback, showing that I'm an expert in something. So definitely, like, speak up. Like, when you go to these meetings, like, what I do is before a meeting, I'll prepare about what the topic is so I at least have something to talk about. I might not know everything, but I'm going to make sure I'm heard in that meeting. Um, you know, don't let them, you know, put you towards the side. Like, just show up. And that's just in everything in life. Like, show up. Like, if you're a parent, um, a new millennial parent, show up as a parent. You know, do what you got to do. Don't make excuses of, you know, what can't be done. Like, we are phenomenal. We we are great. Like, we can do so much. It's just you got to show up in everything in life like that. You have a great idea. Yeah, start it, but don't forget about it two weeks later. Like, keep it going. Put your effort into it. Do your research. And as millennials, we need research because a lot of times people are going to question, where do you get this information from? I don't believe you. You don't have no experience. Mm-hmm. Show your re- research. Like, show your, like, I know what I'm talking about. Um, be able to back up what you're doing. Um, I don't know. I can go on all day. <laughs> I mean, I think at the same time, we also, since there is a lot of scrutiny under a, us as millennials, we also have to be okay with make a mistake sometimes yeah and i think that we are in a space especially coming from the most illustrious hbcu i think that we and even sometimes in our peer groups we expect that we just want to project perfection at all times we don't ever want to see anybody seeing us slip and that's i mean i do think that that's probably just in human nature but just at the same time just in the space that we've been bread in that's just what we are always trying to do we have to be on point at all times and but i at the same time i think we also got to be okay with making mistakes and learning from them yeah um i don't think the only time i see an issue and even with my employees the only time i had issues with mistakes was were when they were repeated um learn your lesson make your mistake learn your lesson and not just in that specific situation know what to do for the next time but use just the knowledge that you gain from the mistake is to just apply it to other situations because there are a lot of things that's in relationships too right (laughs) there there are a lot of things that happen that we can probably pull from other situations and not make the same mistake um or a mistake in general um but at the same time we got to be comfortable with making those mistakes and learning those lessons so i mean i think we've had a few you know good gems here you said show up Mm -hmm. be heard do your research do your research make your mistakes 
Um, all of that. I think follow your passion. Yeah, and figure out what you're passionate about because there's always a way to tie your passion to your business, whatever that is. Um, even if it's just you know you work for a corporation and you're passionate about animals, so you set up a team builder where you guys go to the animal shelter something like that like some way to because that's also work-life balance like work-life balance doesn't necessarily mean the amount of time you spend at home and the amount of time you spend at work it also talks about the amount of time you spend at work not sitting at your desk just doing work Mm -hmm. so i think that that's a very uh, important um tie your passion to your business um so I think we kind of summarized everything there. Um, good chat. Yes. Um, we are going to take a break and um, re-up on our drinks of our bullet mules and come back with a listener question. Okay, so we're back. Um, we have refilled our drinks and poured up a shot uh, because before this listener question, you gonna need a shot, girl. Oh no! <laughs> so here's your shot. I absolutely hate shots. <laughs> Get your little chaser. Cheers. Cheers. Ooh. Okay. Oh, Jesus. Whew. Okay. Was strong. <laughs> yeah, I don't know why I was. Ooh. All right. So, I have somebody write in. And here is their question. Hey, Juicy. I recently met a guy and we hit it off immediately. He checks off all my boxes as far as education, career, personality, And sex, but there's one thing. He has a child and still lives with his baby mama. He says they sleep in separate rooms and are just living together for financial reasons. She doesn't work and stays at home with the child so they don't have to pay for childcare. I have never seen his place because of this situation. And whenever we hang out, he he ends up at my place if we spend the night together. Do you think I should continue seeing him? We are approaching six months of knowing each other, which is usually when I decide to keep a guy around or move on to the next. Please help. What? Yeah, girl. <laughs> uh, I I would have a problem with it if you live in with your baby mama still. Um, because... I mean, honestly, even if he says they're not doing anything, I would still think that they're doing something. Mm-hmm. Um, and like, what's the like, what's the end to this? Like, is she gonna go get a job? Like, and be able, like, what's the end to this? I mean, I don't know. So, we, and how that, old is that baby? Oh, I guess she. We didn't don't tell know. Us, yeah, so. that's all the information we have. They live together. There's a child involved. Um, she stays at home because it's cheaper to stay at home with the baby. So I'm assuming it's, it's a, a baby, newborn yeah. or infant. And um, 
she really likes the guy. They spend they spend time together. It seems like they hit it off immediately. So, okay. Here is my advice. Juicy's advice to baby girl is run. <laughs> and fast, bitch. Fast. Run. <laughs> because... And not even saying that, you know, you can't revisit that situation later. However, he has some loose ends on his end that he needs to tie up. Yes. Um, I'm already hesitant to date guys that have kids because of a lot of them don't have the baby mama situation in check, especially when it's such a young child um that's still fresh right so you know at some point they may wake up and be like you know let's work this out for this child let's figure out what we need to work out for this child but if he is totally over this girl and ready to move on and date other people he has to tie up that situation with her and by tying it up I mean moving out or she needs to move out and they need to figure out what their co-parenting schedule looks like um, because that's that's another thing that comes with dating someone that has a child like you always have to know that that child is going to come before you so if they are dating they do have to come up with some sort of schedule so that people can plan around that schedule um, but I definitely don't think that you should be involved with the man that still lives with his baby mama. Even if it was just an ex. I mean, I feel like the child maybe is the financial reason why they're, you know, still living together. But. <sighs> no, I think you should just. Yeah, I definitely think you should just let it go. Um, you at the six month mark. Like let it go because it you don't haven't seem invested like, that much time. Yeah, yet. it don't seem like he moving out no time soon with this. This is still like a baby, clearly. So it just seems like you know he's going to do the best for the child, and the best might be him staying there. But I don't feel like you should put yourself in that situation. That might be the best to. for you, but not the best Think for the child, yourself, but not yeah. the best for you. So yeah, I will. I will let it go. Do you think that she can um, revisit this situation with him uh, after he moves out? Well, I mean, definitely, you know, keep him on the bench. And, uh, you know, maybe, you know, he comes to a point where he's like, oh, we don't live together anymore. And then maybe you can revisit it. But I don't, I wouldn't waste my time with just this one guy because he might be great, but it's still like the whole living with your baby mama thing makes me uncomfortable. Mm-hmm. Now, what if it's a situation where he's like, okay, I'll leave her and move in with you? At six months, though? No. <laughs> <laughs> so, like, the financial side of me is, like, breaking down the numbers. Right. But, no. Six months. That's too After early. six months, I'm not moving in with somebody. Like, you probably haven't seen me without makeup yet. Like, Six months? Six months is still very early. Six months is, yeah, like, I, I'm good. I'm good. Like, my bills would be taken care of. I don't need to split no bills with nobody. But six months? I mean, what do you think? I feel like we're going to another place with this, but what do you think is an appropriate time to move in with someone? Um, 
I would say, well, I mean, I've been in two situations where I've lived with people. Um, so my current relationship, um, we were together like maybe a year. And I mean, it moved very quickly. We were we were together for a year and uh, we moved in with each other. Maybe it was like a year and a half. Maybe it was like a year and a half, but... <laughs> It was it was definitely quick. It was quick. I I definitely thought it was yeah, quick. Yeah, it was definitely quick. It was very quick. It was. But, but it's working for you thus far. Yeah, it's it's definitely working and just I guess from coming from a previous situation of me living with a significant other, I I guess I didn't go into it as nervous, which I, I may should have been nervous, but it <laughs> it wasn't like it's it's been good so far and I think that's another <laughs> millennial thing <laughs> of you know we got to say these coins. Yeah. <laughs> that's why I said the financial we side of me is coins. like eh. but yeah no. I I moved in with uh well my significant other moved in with me and it wasn't for financial reasons really. Um it was just because we just wanted to be together and at that point, we had been dating for a few months, but we knew we had known each other for about a year or so, and it it didn't work out. So I'm not sure that there is a magic number, right? It's for not. anything, but I every do, situation's different. Yeah, but I do think like six months is like you don't have a commitment from this person. No. You don't really know. You haven't really, you're still in the honeymoon phase. You really don't even know everything about this person. Not at all. Um, so you're not even, mm, no, I don't think that he, I don't think that she, if he suggested that, I think that she should also say no and then run a little faster um, because he's a little crazy. Yeah, and I mean, you know, guys, I don't want to throw this all out there on y'all, but a lot of, People in general just can't be trusted, and I don't know if I trust that you're not sleeping with your baby mama. I don't. I don't know if I trust that. Like the baby is probably less than six months old, or whatever the case may be, and I just don't trust it. And I mean, it's only been six months, so I mean, you don't necessarily need to tell me truth. You should, but I mean, at six months, people still lying at six months. I mean, I think that people should always tell the truth. They should. But so what I would say is, at six months. I don't think I'm concerned with who else you are having relations with. Uh, but if we do decide that we want to take things further, then like I'm not concerned with who you are having relations with until we are having a conversation of, okay, like we want to be exclusive. Right. We want to just be for each other. Because before that point, I don't expect any dude out here to think that he the only one that I'm entertaining unless we have that conversation mm -hmm. like if we have a conversation and it comes up I'm gonna be completely honest like if I'm not talking to anybody else I'm gonna let you know if I am I'm gonna let you know uh and so what I'm saying is up until the point of an exclusive relationship monogamous relationship people should not think that the other person that they're in a situation with is not having situations with others. other people. Yeah. Unless they say that they aren't, because then if they say that they aren't, you should take their word. And if 
that word ends up not being the truth, then you need to cut them off because they trash. But if they live with them, that's just a whole nother. Yeah. <laughs> that's a whole nother situation. And I just feel like, um, I mean, I've seen situations where, you know, dudes still mess with their mother of their children especially when it's still so new like i can see if this child was like two three you know what i'm mm-hmm. saying we've we've got over that but it's still very very new yeah i agree so girlfriend our advice is to let that situation be leave that man alone until they figure out as a family unit because they are a family what they want to do. If they want to be together, fine. It wasn't for you. If they don't, fine. But they don't need to be living together. And if they decide, if he decides to move out or if they decide that they don't want to live together anymore, there's always a chance that you can revisit the situation with him if it is as perfect as you're making it seem. Right. Great. Okay, so that was our first episode of 2988. Be sure to follow 2988 on Facebook, on Instagram. You can catch us on SoundCloud to tune in and also check us out on the iTunes podcast app. If you have any questions or you need some advice, feel free to email us at 29 spelled out 88 the numbers podcast at gmail.com um so this is your girl juicy diva signing off thank you so much tasha for being here with me um we have some more hot fire coming to you um we're definitely doing this for the culture so we will be up in your airways very soon with some more good content. Thank you so much for tuning in, and you'll hear from me soon. Thanks. Bye.